the hero factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins now. Boy, this is going to be a great show. What does being truly dynamic mean? How do you get your employees to move beyond just saying no? That's what we're going to do on this show. So how can you help them to be the very best employee they can be? What do you need to do to get your team to provide you the best customer service possible? Well, Rory Kelly believes there's no such thing as self-made. You know, 15 years ago, he started selling Verizon wireless phones for a woman named Janet Eining. He quickly saw an opportunity for the business to grow, but the owner didn't want the hassle. Rory was persistent, and she finally gave him the opportunity to be a small partner in the business, and Rory was right. They grew. Now, with the help of his team, Rory Kelly has grown as large as 40 stores. He's owned restaurants, land buildings, and other retail businesses, all because of the opportunity he saw in teaching his team to move beyond no. Well, let's talk about the hero factor with Rory Kelly. So we start with a quote, and the quote from the book says, we have a golden rule in our company that you're not allowed to say no without permission. We just think no is a lazy answer, and to be dynamic, truly dynamic, most people expect no when they walk in the door, especially when it comes to customer service. I own some Verizon wireless stores, and in that retail environment, no is just something kids have come accustomed to saying to people, and we had to change that. Now, that's from you, Rory. How do you move beyond no and teach your team to, to be real heroes in, the, you know, in that retail environment? Yeah, you know, so for us, I think it's helping them understand what roadblocks are. And a lot of times in the sales environment, we are so hyper-focused on who's next. And customer service takes time and it takes energy. Um, and we, and I say we because I, I sold for a long time. So these are lessons you learn, obviously, as you grow up. Um, but you realize the short term that the long-term outweighs the short-term. And what ends up happening is a lot of times we look at the short-term, the customer's needs and what that takes away from us in the short-term and, and don't see the long-term effect of um, being dynamic and, and going over the top in terms of uh, always giving the customer some option. Mm -hmm. And so we call it, we call it stepping left or right instead of uh, stopping. So um, for example, we have Black Friday coming up and we just spent <laughs> half the morning here on the call going over options mm -hmm. and, uh, thing of Black Friday, you have all these dynamic deals from big boxes like Walmart and Target and Best Buy, and we're this little guy, and they offer deals that a lot of times we lose a lot of money on. So instead of shooing customers away and saying no, we offer them other options within our stores. Um, you know, for example, our deals are all weekend long, and 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 essentially walk them through what we have instead of just saying no and moving on. Um, and, you know, that's always worked really well for us. So what are the th it, why isn't it so simple for people just to do good customer service? Is it because they're just not accustomed to it? They're not trained for it? I mean, to me, to serve others is the easiest thing you can do. But it seems like a really hard thing for most people to grasp that are doing it. Yeah, it's I think it's the easiest. It's it's it, it's easy and it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've come to realize too when I uh, donating your time to 
um, you know, delivering Christmas presents to the needy over Christmas or whatever, whatever, whatever the, the service is that you, you want to do is actually maybe the harder choice, right? Like every time some, every time a manager calls me and asks me a question, they always want me to give them the easy answer, which is no, mm-hmm. or don't. Uh, and I, I, I see that in my own life as well. Um, I think that it's, I think culturally and, and within the business environment, I was fortunate enough when I, my first job when I got into college was waiting tables at a restaurant here in Sioux Falls. And our manager and my wife and I have talked about this. We met at that restaurant was dynamic at, at helping us service people. And even when I go into restaurants today, you can tell when you walk in the door, if, if their leadership is dynamic in any sense in, in teaching how to take care of customers. Yeah. Cause you got to learn, you, you have to really, in that kind of culture, you have to be, that person, right? And are you that person? Are you that person in the business where you're going around telling everybody, no, we can do this. We will do this. This is how we'll do it. Or, Hey man, I loved how you did that, but let me give you this thought or this suggestion. Yes, absolutely. When I visit stores, even when I'm traveling out of town, um, that's one thing that I make a point to get to know customers are in the store, tell them, thank you, offer them things, uh, open the door for, you know, the customer, walk them to their car, um, I, I tell our team, you have to tell people that you appreciate their business. Uh, they don't get to hear that very often. And even just simple words can go a long way. Yeah. And it, it, I think we overlooked that a lot of times, just telling people, thanks for, for having the trust to, to, to let us serve you. I, that's a tough thing. You know, Roy, one of the things that strikes me and I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you, um, right now is that you always seem to be an upbeat person. Is that, does that come natural for you? It, it does. Yeah. I think uh, I'm grateful for what God's given me and for what I've been able to, to do. And, you know, at about age 30, I realized that throughout my life, I've always had people around me that have helped me get somewhere. I, I don't think that uh, I think self-made is uh, impossible. I think that everybody's made by the people around them. And I think that because of that, there, we've been through some crazy trials and tribulations and I've had, I've had to humble myself many times, but I think I'm always a, a there's always a way to do something. Uh, and I don't care if it's getting money or if it's making things work or, or whatever it might be. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy guy. Well, what do you do to stay happy? I mean, is there any practices? I mean, some people have practices. Some people are just, they're just naturally happy. I mean, my wife is one of those people. She's always, just always up. She's never, never, rarely is she down ever. I, you know, I have dark moments. I have dark moments where, you know, it, it hits me. But overall, I think I'm a pretty positive person. I'm, pra- I'm probably more of a practical person. You know, one of those people that just sees things as they are and just accepts it. That's what it is. And, and then tries to make things some somewhat better in the things that we do. But I think I'm pretty reasonable from that. Pra- but how do you, do you have any practices that you do? Do you meditate? Do you do any of that stuff? You know, I really, uh, I was a Catholic school kid my whole life, and, and I, I really reconnected with um, Catholicism when our, when our first child was born. Mm-hmm. That's helped me a bunch. I've been, I've really been a part of my church and the school. Um, what, what's really, what really helps me on a daily basis is helping someone or doing something, um, whether it's around McDonald House or our team. We had, I had a manager stop by my house randomly on Sunday. We send our team to something called Rapport, which is a kind of a dynamic uh, leadership program, although it's very personal. Uh, it helps you break down a lot of walls that you built up over your life. And uh, man, it was 
pretty cool without getting emotional, but he knocked on my door randomly Sunday. He just got back and uh, broke down and, and told me about his, why he is the way he is, his childhood, not knowing his dad, not trusting people. It Stuff like that keeps me going. I, I think I, that's, I could, I could use that as motivation for three or four months, probably just that one instance. That was an amazing um, Sunday. And uh, I think that, yeah, it's, I think helping people gets me a long way. It, you know, I it's a cool thing in the business. When you see yourself having an impact on others and then they in turn have impact on other lives, it's kind of this chain reaction. I mean, I get turned on by it. I, it sounds like you do too. Yeah, it, it was the coolest thing. There's God, God, I call them God moments, um, but or, or wins. But mm-hmm. he called one day and said he was struggling and needed help buying this house. And I said, you know what? No problem. I'll, I'll give you the down payment. We'll work out some on the back end. And what he came to tell me yesterday was that they lived in this teeny little one bedroom with their two kids all sleeping on one mattress with mold in the house. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just it was a it was a cool thing. It was it was a. Uh, that's a God moment. So. You know, nobody in this country should, at least, well, in the world for that matter, but certainly in this country, should have to live like that, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's just, it just, it's amazing the wealth that is bestowed on so many of us, and and that's what I like about our Hero Club is the fact that we're, it's it's not about just giving it to somebody; it's about helping somebody get to where they want to go and running a culture and a business that says we're going to make an impact. And I think that's cool. You mentioned, you mentioned reconnecting to the Catholic church and that being a big inspiration. Did you, did you fall away from it for a while? Well, you become tainted through your life. Uh, And I, I had a tumultuous childhood and, you know, juvenile detention centers and moving in and out of homes and all that crazy stuff. I, I, I just, got selfish mm-hmm. and uh, much like the uh, not saying no without permission. I think when you grow up in that environment, it, it can be hypocritical at times that it's, it's easier to stray than it is to stay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ooh, I love that. I, uh, I love that saying. I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> it's easier. to Oh, yeah. I love that. Easier to stray <laughs> than to stay, you know, cause you can apply that. You know, to you can apply that to a lot of things. I mean, you can apply that about drinking, oh. uh, drugs. You can apply that about friendships. You can apply apply that about personal, your wife, uh, uh, fidelity, uh, doing great in the business. Right? It's easier to, to get off so of true. do bad practices than it is to do good practices. I mean, that's what you're saying. That's cool. I love that. Saying. Yeah, that's a great saying, Roy. Nope. You, Nobody did, wants religion lording over their bad decisions. Right? Yeah. Did you did you come up so, with that saying yourself, or did you steal that from somebody? I, uh, I did. Yeah. I came up with that myself. Yeah. So. I like that. So it, it's did did you have that feeling then? You know, because I think I think a lot of great great people go through a lot of struggles in their life, come overcome things to become really good at what they do, and um, and they seem to be to me be more forgiving of the mistakes and the way and the way it you know what it takes to get where you got to go than some of the people where it was handed to them. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, I don't know if I'm really good at what I do, but I do think that uh, I learn every day. But yeah, I think that background and, and, you know, me going through certain things and and then coming to certain realizations when I when I see my team and when I see customers and people, I 
I think I'm maybe considerate to some of the some of the stuff I've been through and just who they are. And you know, if we all put our if we all put our our stuff in a in a brown paper bag, our stuff is the only stuff we'd want to pull out, right? I don't. I think everybody has their own issues and things that they go through, and, and I tend to be conscientious of that. I think it's interesting. Every hero I talk to, and this is our hero club members that we have, and you don't get to be in the hero club because you believe you're a hero. You get to be in the hero club because you believe you got a hero organization and therefore you're a hero leader because of that, because you've got a great company. And that's, that's what, that's what we find in the hero club, by the way, for those listening in is that the, those that are operating their businesses um, in a hero fashion with hero values, they typically operate at a higher level, uh, receive more money, gross more money, have greater revenues, happier employees, you know, better customers, everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's the next step beyond good to great. It's the hero factor. And so that's what this is about. But I'm, it's interesting to listen to you, Rory, because every time I talk to a hero, they, they, they're very humble about it in that it wasn't me. It was the people around me. I mean, I, you know, look, I'm, I'm humble enough to say or understand myself enough to I do the same thing. I've you know, bought and sold hundreds of businesses, done really well still doing well. I have my setbacks like everybody else does. I have my own flaws. But every time someone says, well, you've done it, and it's not me, it's the people around me. And do you do you find that with other great business leaders that you've known that there's very similar? Yeah, I do think that there there's a there's a personal comfortability or it, it takes a while to take credit for things um, for me. But I do think the great leaders do take credit. I just think they also give it. I think there's a time for both the the men that I've been able to kind of um you know listen to and get to know that that I really respect have both right they they have a a confidence that's quiet and um powerful and and they have a humility um whether they give uh in secret or or give of themselves to someone like me over coffee to help me figure out what the heck I'm doing but I think both both are necessary. I'm kind of I'm I'm building that confidence to be both. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a process too. Yeah, well, and that comes from one. Uh, I love the the fact of of how you you said that earlier about uh, the association by being around other people who are very uh, successful. That's the that's the way we learn is through the process of socialization. That's how we pick those things up, and I think that's important. You know, the uh, the greatest. The business people I've known have always been those people who have been there, done that before, and they acted like it. And what I mean by that, right. they didn't have to tell you about it. They just, you know, it's like that. I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but you, you've made a huge sale and you're walking out of the office and everybody on your team wants to start high-fiving in the lobby of the business that you just sold to, right? You know, we've all been there, right? Yeah. And and I've constantly, yeah. I've had, and I've had to have people say this to me, but I, I now say it to my team is, everybody calm down, act like we've done this before. Now, they get away, we get a, let's get a block away, two blocks away. And that's my rule. You can't say anything about what you just happened until you're at least a block away. Uh, because you never one, you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. 
Um, and I've heard of contracts canceled, by the way, by people celebrating in the parking lot, doing high fives, dancing, and then the purchasing manager saw it. So then he or she realized that they, they paid too much or it felt that way and therefore, you know, canceled the, canceled the deal before it got started. So you got to watch out for that. You got to watch out. So what's the most influential business tip that you have ever learned or, or maybe even tried? Uh, one thing, one thing, and I tell my team this all the time too, um, we had a consultant come in. I should say I did. I was terrible at, uh, being a leader, owning a business. There were so many things I didn't understand and know. And in, in the moment of chaos, you know, you have to learn how to live in chaos. And, uh, and, and I kind of lived in chaos personally before, but I'd never been in a business chaos environment, very different. Um, you can kind of tuck and run a lot easier in personal chaos than you can in business, especially when you're the owner. But I started to tell my team, and I still, we talk about this today. If you could predict your own behavior, you should predict, you should be able to predict others. And a lot of the scenarios where I'd struggled as a leader is struggling with my managers or my team or customers or Verizon, but their, their behaviors were very predictable to me. I, I, I knew what they were going to do. I struggled with why they were going to do it. And I just, it might sound simple. I had this consultant. It's like, you know, if I change, my whole world changes. And so for me, it started, there was a conscientious effort that still goes into understanding who I'm dealing with. And before I even go there, I think about what their reaction is going to be and what they're going to do. And I tailor myself to that, which has been a huge success for me. And, and, and just even getting closer to the people that I work with and even friends and family. Honestly, my relationship with my parents has been better uh, through some of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Not reacting. But just being patient and listening. Oh, it's so hard. It's it, the hardest thing. It is, do. but it's the it's one of the greatest tools. So and a lot of people ask me what's the best tool that you can use. I said, Great leaders listen. Great leaders listen. Yeah, so they they listen, they they don't talk, they listen and they ask questions. And you know, pretty soon by just asking the right kinds of questions, most people can get to where they want to go, but just by listening. You know, um, you know, a lot it's, and it's hard for guys, by the way, Rory, right? Even with your spouse, your wife. Um, your wife usually just wants you to listen. They don't want it, but it, but for us as guys, we want to solve. We want to we want to take care of it. We we want to fix it. And and because by the way, most heroes are fixers by nature, and so we like to fix things all the time. And so um, therefore, it's hot, it's tough for us to listen. But that's one of the greatest skills. But I've learned that with my wife. Sometimes she doesn't want me to fix it. She just wants me to listen. <laughs> so there you go. So true. Yeah. We- I call it, I call it being. Yeah. And that's a tough thing. I'd center yourself. I, I, that's just something I learned years ago when I was working in Japan. Um, and I actually took a keto and I, I learned to just be more present in the moment. And that's tough for me because, and it's tough for a lot of people, I think, because the way in which we now are so distracted by devices and things and so forth. But how, how do you just sit there and center yourself and be in the moment? Um, and you know, I tell people that sometimes too, especially when I'm talking to them and I'm trying to praise them and they don't want to listen. And I said, settle down, just be in the moment, take this in, you know, it, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a good thing. And sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable for us in that way. Wow. That that's cool. Whatever. What's the biggest lesson you ever learned about leadership? Teams mirror their leader. That's, that's a mm-hmm. big one that, that I've learned. And, and so for example, um, words matter. Yeah. What I say about myself, my team sees, right? If, if, if I say I fail, if I say it, it, just whatever I say, it's not just what you do. Words really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was a tough one for me. I wasn't, I wasn't 
I wasn't being conscious about how I was or what I was saying. And those things really affected my company in a big, bad way, uh, especially when we started to grow and money was tight and times were tougher. I mean, it Give was, me an example of that. Give me an example. Is it because you said, hey, I'm going off to Vegas or something or what? No, no well, for example, so... When we were when we were really struggling, when we first started to grow. A lot of it was, you know, obviously money related. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what would happen is I was talking about it with the team and how how brutal things were. And what was happening was, it was scaring them. It was getting worse. Yeah, it was scaring them. Yeah. So they they in turn were thinking, shit, we're going under. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to work as hard. Or or I need to get out of here. And your best people leave. Or I need to get out of here. That's right. Especially your best people. That's a balance sometimes, isn't it? I mean, I just got through talking to my team about how we live up to our own hero values. And the fact that, you know, we have the ability to do it, one, because we lead the hero club and the hero, you know, the C-suite network organization. So I, I said, look, we can do whatever we can, you know, and I have it right over our door because we can. So let's go do it that way. So let's live to those values in the best way possible. And, and so sometimes I do struggle. Do, do I share too much? Do I give too much information? But, but I would rather do that. And then what I try to put with it is the education of what did, what did I just say? What does that mean? You know what I mean? So that, you know, yeah. I've, I've said this in my other books, you know, if when business is bad, they see things coming in COD, right? When business is good, you know, and, and you're saying we don't have enough money, but you're going, you just bought a new Mercedes and you just bought a new camper and you just bought a new, and you're, and you're going to Vegas for the weekend, right? They, they, they tend to think, well, you son of a, you know what? And, and so I think it's important for us to educate when we do that. So how do you do that? Do you do that when you say, when you say, hey, oh man, man, business is tough this week. Do you give an explanation? Do you, do you, do you try to explain that to your team? Well, it's, it's funny. And you touched on this too. Uh, you got to speak uh, their language. And again, as you know, when you first become a business owner, whether you've had any kind of financial background whatsoever, fi- finances are very difficult. They're very mm-hmm. difficult to understand and influence at a high level, let alone a low. So what we've done is we've really reduced the conversation to a, a smaller level or a level that they can uh, completely understand and affect on a daily basis. So what we do is we have a GP per box or gross profit per box. And so what I'll do is I'll go into the manager, we'll talk on the phone or we'll be at a meeting and we'll be talking about how well they're doing. And if the store's not doing great and, and they know they can, you know, we talk about it in, in a, in a way more of a scientific sense, not a doomsday sense. And I'll tell them, look, you know, you're at $214 per box and we probably need you at $232 per box. Right. And here's how you can get there. Right. If you just increase this and this and this, and it's things they can see that are simple and they can affect and that's helped us a ton because those numbers actually will change within 30 days instead of waiting six months when you're showing them this massive problem. So when you break it down on a low level, and they can break it down to their sales reps very, very easily. And we have this company that actually breaks down their information on a daily basis in the simplest format possible. It's actually, and for me, I'm not going to lie, I'm the simple guy too. Just give me the easiest thing to look at, and I'll and I'll go really really fast. Well, and I also yeah. think what you're doing is you're giving them the real conditions of satisfaction, but you're not prescribing exactly how to get there. There's here's a lot of different ways, but here is the parameters or the governance that you're going to give to them, and then they can operate inside that governance. Which means, hey, sometimes you're going to break the rules, and sometimes you're going to go do this, you know, and that's okay. Here's your governance for getting there. Here's your conditions of satisfaction. Now go. 
And I think that's empowering right. for people, right? Absolutely. And instead of showing them all these numbers, they can't even affect like rent, right? Mm-hmm. Interest, all the, all the other, they don't, I, I, so I guess the, the covenant I have with them is look, if you, you get the GP per box at a certain level and I'll take care of the rest and we'll both make money together. Yeah, that single-minded focus, I think is a pretty good thing. When I was selling at my days at Kodak, our big thing was net realized rate. So it's a very similar kind of thing. And that was the that was one that was the one of the biggest things I was measured on as a CMO. Even though I didn't have direct direct uh, responsibility for it because I didn't run the sales, I ran the marketing. But um, I had real responsibility for getting that net realized rate up because that that was tied to my bonus, man. So of course I wanted to get that up. Who is your biggest uh, business kind of role model? Do you have a role model? You know, there's there's a few in Sioux Falls. I'm I'm not I'm not, I'm not much of the I mean, I follow people on LinkedIn and, and other places like mm-hmm. Mark Cuban and, but I, I, the people locally, Gene Jones, who owns McGuire Iron is a great human being. Oh, he's got a good, good he's got a good, good, a good business though. Good business. He, he's another guy. He's, he's very humble. He's very kind. Mm-hmm. He, he'll surprise me. I'll talk to him about, you know, things I'm going through at age 40 or things I've done in the past. He's like, Rory, I've done the same thing. And then I look at where he's at and I'm like, okay, so there is a chance. <laughs> Um, there is a chance he's, he's another guy that wouldn't shy away from um if you if you said are you a great leader i think he'd say yes and, without hesitating but i also he's very humble he's right. a great husband and father and he's a he's a uh, just a good person um and i, I our community I, I think we're fortunate in sioux falls there's there's a, there's many um eric mcdonald i've gotten to get to know he's mm-hmm. Started a, a, a company here that's uh, uh, kind of got some hospital software. DocuTap, um, okay. yeah, DocuTap, yeah. yeah, very familiar with it. Yep. Tried to invest in the tried to invest in the company years ago when I was at a big corporation. I called and said, "Hey, maybe we should in, put some put a few million into you." And he wasn't ready to take money back then. So smart move on oh, his funny. smart move on his part because he didn't need it. <laughs> and uh, but I saw that that was going to be a big thing for uh, the future. And was trying to put our company into the things I thought were going to be hot products. And of course, his has been real hot. He's done well with that. It's interesting. Yes. That, it's interesting you say that your your mentors or people that you look up to are local people that most people, you know, outside of the community would know. Could I say the same thing? I just had a recent mentor of mine pass away. His name was John Timmer. And you know, he was also from Sioux Falls. And he was a legislator and a a big Republican and owned an insurance business. And yet most people outside the community would never know who he was and what he did. But yet he had such a a profound impact on my ability to uh, be, to be a good leader. And I think it's okay to say that you're a good leader and uh, nothing wrong with understanding that because if you don't understand your strengths and weaknesses and who you are, it's, it's tough to get to where you want to go. If you were starting all over, how much differently would you do it? <laughs> I everything would be different. Um, I think my attitude going in, what I want, I you know, I so I you know, I went into owning a business thinking I wanted to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I enjoy influencing people. I mean, don't get me wrong; everybody wants to make money. I want to make money. It's just not my number one focus. Yeah, that's how we keep score, yeah. man. That's how we keep score. Nothing wrong with that. And it's yeah, it's okay. It's okay for everyone to make money. Uh, but I think the influencing people, I've partnered, been fortunate to partner with some of the people that have worked for me um, and some U-Break I-Fixes and 
and influence them and um, watch them go through the process and, and get joy out of that and watch their pain and get joy out of that in a comical way and say, this is what it is. Don't expect less. It'll get better, right? Let's keep going. Um, I think if I could do it differently, I would have taken more people with me sooner. Uh, and I would have enjoyed the success. We had so much success early. And I sold some of those stores. I'd never had money in my life and thought I'd, I just wanted to have money. And it was such a mistake. If I could go back, I wouldn't sell those doors. And I would have stayed a little smaller and mm-hmm. tighter. And Did you did you suffer? I think, I think I know you well enough to know that you probably suffered from the Johnny Vegas syndrome for a little bit. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> you know, we do that. You know, we get there. We think we think that's what we should be. So therefore, that's the clothes we put on, the, the cars that we drive until you realize none of that shit makes a difference. I was proving way too much to other people and, and not enough to myself and my family. And well, I'm glad you made I'm glad you made that journey, my friend. It's it certainly shows the success is spilling over. And I just think it's great for you to be. Uh, truly dynamic in the way in which you've driven your business and the way in which you're serving others, because it's, it's certainly evident in your success. So I want to thank you, my friend. So it's been Rory Kelly. You've been talking to us right here on the hero factor with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you, Jeff. You've been listening to the hero factor podcast on C-suite radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on c-suiteradio.com. Hey, at the end of every single show, I like to talk about the things I learned. A couple of cool things in this. I really love it. You know, you're made by the people you surround yourself or are around. I thought that was an awesome, awesome quote. You know, that process of socialization. You are your family. You are your people. You are the people, the environment you put in. Like, you remember your mom said, hey, stay away from that kid. He's a bad influence. There you go. That's what it's about. So you surround yourself with good people and people who have really great values. That's how you become a hero. And the other one I loved, I love it. It's easier to stray than to stay. How true is that, my friends? And those were some valuable lessons that we learned right here on The Hero Factor with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Don't forget, tell your friends and give us a good rating. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.